Next on BYUSN, Zach Wilson just got a future Hall of Fame teammate, but is Aaron Rodgers with the New York Jets good or bad for Zach? And how does the situation with Zach affect what we want for Jaron Hall in the NFL draft? Questions for days. We'll do our best to answer them. Welcome to BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, April 25th. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who finally got his round of golf in this year. I played with my four-year-old Tate on uh, the Tippinogas Executive Course, his first round of golf. And he had some good hits. Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to quit the show and just invest in his career now. But uh, it was a fun run. No, it was fun to get out there and uh, start to warm up. We missed some weather yesterday, so we got it in early. Nice. And it was great. Um, so excited to be out on the course here soon, uh, <laughs> often. I do have a tee time booked for Thursday. Well, there so, you go. It only took go. to late April to get to golf I know. Weather Come on, Utah weather. You stink. <laughs> on today's show, we explore Zach Wilson's situation and future in New York. Plus, Amber and Amari Whiting joined the program. Lots to talk about with women's hoops at the moment. Big 12 has another innovative idea this time with men's hoops and the top five BYU NFL draft picks ever in a top five Tuesday on NFL Draft Week. But here are today's headlines. Does Zach Wilson make that list? With that in mind, the Jets and Packers have finally agreed to a long-anticipated trade to make Aaron Rodgers a New York Jet. New York will receive, yes, Rodgers, this year's 15th overall pick and a fifth-round pick for the draft. Green Bay gets in return this year's 13th overall pick, a second-rounder, a sixth-rounder this year, and a conditional second-round pick next year that will become a first-round pick in 2024 if Rodgers plays at least 65% of the snaps. Zach Wilson obviously now in position to back up Rodgers in New York. Much more on this coming up. Mel Kuyper releases his final position rankings for the NFL Draft. Blake Freeland, number 68 overall prospect, seventh tackle. Jaron Hall, number eight QB. Pukin Dakua, number 29 receiver. Caleb Hayes, number 44 cornerback. And Harris Lachance listed among the best of the rest among guards. Pro Football Focus has joined the seven-round mock draft fund before the actual draft this week. The three Cougars that we anticipate will get drafted all listed. Freeland goes in the third round, number 95, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Pukunuku in the sixth round, 212th overall to the Dallas Cowboys. And Jaron Hall, a seventh round pick, according to PFF, number 254 to the New York Football Giants. NFL.com's Jen Daniel Jeremiah revealed his top 150 overall prospects. Jaron Hall, he has number 95 overall. Blake Freeland, number 100 overall. Those guys are all over the map. Austin Deming is the WCC Player of the Week, National Player of the Week from Perfect Game USA and D1 Baseball as well. He had a mediocre week last week, just hitting 706, four homers, 15 RBIs, and 11 runs. Yep. It was amazing. Did anybody have a better week in life than Austin Deming last week? It's a good question. BYU Softball will host Utah State tonight to begin a stretch of nine straight home games. These two were supposed to be back on March 23rd, but the game, shocker, was canceled by inclement weather. You can say that for about the entire month of March in Utah. BYU leads the all-time series 43-3. Watch tonight's game, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain, live on the BYU TV app. Heath Hughes named to the MPSF All-Tournament team. He had 82 assists, 12 digs, 6 kills, and 2 aces. As the Cougar setter in the two matches BYU played in the tournament. Alicia May Mateo named All-West Coast Conference first team. Not a surprise, this is the third straight year that Mateo has been a member of the conference's first team. 
Alicia had eight top 15 finishes and four top five finishes this season. Men's basketball Big 12 scheduling news. John Williams, not to be confused with the uh, you know, conductor, uh, VP of men's basketball in the Big 12, said in an interview with a podcast called the Houston Roundball Review, next year's Big 12 basketball schedule still being worked out, but the plan is for 18 conference games, playing five teams twice and eight teams once. TBD on that schedule later in the summer, but uh, we now know a little bit more about that information. When you said John Williams, I was waiting for uh the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square to break out in Sitius Altius Fortius. Yeah, good uh, O2 <laughs> Olympics reference there, yeah. Higher, faster, stronger? Yes, yeah. sir. BYU Athletics has announced renovations to the west side of the Student Athlete Building. The renovations include adding to the football offices a defensive meeting room, three new position rooms, an updated offensive and defensive staff war room, among other additions. It will also include a remodeled layout for the Built for Life Center, nice. providing more room for student athletes to study and for mental health and sports performance counseling. Awesome, man. Let's go. Long awaited, well deserved. It should be done by August 1st. Fantastic. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Zach Wilson heating up in the second half. Zach steps up and goes deep for Mill. Mill is open and makes the catch. Shotgun. Now hit as he throws deep down the near side. The Dax Mill makes the catch. He's gonna go! And just like that, BYU on top. The Cougars score on the quarterback keeper from Zach Wilson. What's trending? Presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Still hate that uh, teal turf, man. I don't think we'll ever like it. Even had BYU won the game, we would still not like the color. I'd be fine with it. I just have negative memories and emotions from that loss. Oh, Broadway Zach has now taken a backseat to the Broadway show of Aaron Rodgers, one of the goats to play quarterback in the NFL. He is now a New York Jet, and interestingly enough, he follows in the footsteps of a former Green Bay Packer great, then New York Jet, Brett Favre. Weird how that worked out, but now Aaron Rodgers is leading the Jets. Zach Wilson is the backup. Jerem, is Aaron Rodgers' trade to the New York Jets a best-case scenario for Zach Wilson, given everything that's gone on over his first two NFL seasons? We certainly hope that Zach can learn some things behind a veteran and then grow and then become an NFL starting quarterback again. Uh, I don't see this with the Jets. I, I don't think the Jets want to give Zach another opportunity in the future to be the starter. I think they're uh, emotionally done with him and physically. Where they brought in another, another guy to replace him, um, I, I think that his future is probably, if he is a starter again in the NFL, is with another team. Um, ultimately, unfortunately, Zach didn't play well. A first-time play caller in Michael Floor that didn't uh, jive. Now you bring in a veteran play caller, and you bring in Aaron Rodgers. It was Aaron Rodgers' that, play caller when he was the MVP. Yes, in that season. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, who was with the Denver Broncos, fired last year. It's funny how you can be, like, fired as a head coach, and then suddenly you're, like, in this great situation with the Jets. Because, honestly, last year the Jets were a quarterback away from being a really good team. And Zach did not play well. Um, more interceptions than touchdowns for his not only his career but last season. It was, it was tough. And he had moments where he was awesome. He had some real highlights, some real – the fourth quarter against the Steelers early in the season was amazing. Um, the, it sticks out. But I, I don't think Zach and the Jets are going to be a thing that is uh, that relevant or interesting. 
You wish that Zach had had this chance earlier, but when you are the number two pick, you are not afforded that in most situations. You are thrown in there because you are uh, supposedly capable of becoming the guy right away. It doesn't always work out. There are guys that have success. There are guys that don't. Um, It's sort of a a toss-up. But I hope that Zach in the future gets to be a backup on another team because no one's handing him a starting spot. Sure. Unless Aaron gets, Rodgers gets hurt and Zach performs well at some point. But Zach needs time to learn. Zach needs time to see what goes on here. He loves Aaron Rodgers. He identified him as much with us on the show leading up to the NFL draft. He even said jokingly, that guy has no swag because he wears like the old school chin strap and whatever. Like, he loves Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be cool for Zach to learn there. It's also some humble pie. They brought in someone who clearly is going to be the starter over you, and they were. So hopefully Zach can learn from this, and then I think he has to go to another team and be the backup, and perhaps that starter doesn't play well or gets hurt, and then Zach has his moment. I would love for that to be in a good system, a good situation, where he doesn't have to make a million plays. Like, could Zach Wilson have been Brock Purdy with the Niners? One million percent. Unfortunately, Zach went second to the Jets, and not third to the Niners in 21. I, I think that would have changed Zach's destiny in a lot of ways. You wouldn't have had to deal with Jets and New York and first-time play caller. Instead, you could go to Kyle Shanahan, who develops quarterbacks perhaps better than most, right? They, like, the Niners went to the Super Bowl with less than stellar quarterback play from Jimmy Garoppolo, but they had a great defense, a good run game. They have a really nice offense. Like, it almost felt like... The Niners, what the Niners are doing now with quarterbacks is like what BYU used to do, which is like plug and play. The next talented guy comes in and can have some good stats. And hopefully Zach has some kind of situation like that in the future. I just don't see it with the Jets. I see this as after everything that has happened, yes, a best case scenario for Zach. Because he's in exactly the scenario I wanted him when he was drafted, which is you have the opportunity to not be thrust immediately into the New York spotlight and be the guy and have to deal with that fan base and all the negative history for decades, it feels like, that has gone on there. They almost want things to go wrong so that they can keep being like, see, look at us. We have no luck. The Jets are a terrible organization. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have no excuse now. There is no excuse now. They're a playoff team. Literally overnight, they've become a playoff team. Super Bowl contender. I think it's too dramatic, but the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals are better than the Jets still. Right, but they are in the mix outside of those teams. They're a playoff team. Last year, they were an Aaron Rodgers away from being really interesting. Remember, they were 6-3, and and a couple of those losses were super close. No doubt. No they, doubt. They're going to be really fun to watch. Unfortunately, Zach's going to be watching from the sideline. Well, the thing is, I don't think it's that unfortunate. Like, if he gets to learn behind Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers himself sat behind Brett Favre for how many years? Almost four? Like, he sat behind Brett Favre for Aaron three was not full the seasons. Pick, no, but he right? was a first That's rounder. Why? He yeah. was a first rounder. He and, was and you had early. a Hall of Famer in front of you. And now Zach has sense. the same scenario. He's a yeah, first round draft pick, and he's Got a Hall of Famer in front of him. This is, this is the ideal scenario. This is what I wanted for him from the get-go. How many of you have played a video game before? And I know you've done this because we've talked about this, and I've done this. Let's say you're playing your favorite video game, and you're trying to like win a championship game, and your game saved where you start at the championship, and you just get off to a terrible start in the first quarter. You're like, 
yeah, I'm not going to play the rest of this out because there's no way I'm going to win this game. Uh, reset. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I feel like Zach is going through. And I know some of you, even with Wordle, okay, like it's not going well for you on a phone, so you log into another account and you try your little Wordle, and oh, you got it. Congratulations. You reset. Okay? Everybody needs a reset sometimes. The reset is a different team to me. Like, yes, he can gain experience behind Aaron, but the real, like, to what end? The end game for us with Zach is that he becomes a starter again in the NFL. I just don't see it with the Jets. How long I is Aaron Rodgers going to play, though? Is it two years? Is it three I, years? I would think it's at least two. Okay, so, so if it's two years, why couldn't Zach then be given another chance with the Jets I after de- Aaron Rodgers has taught him and mentored him and he's been it with Nathaniel Hackett? feels like the Jets are done with Zach. That they will the management from there. or the fan base? Everybody. Everybody. It feels like that. In fact, I, you know, and, and not exactly this, but when Zach was here, I asked him about this Aaron Rodgers situation and whatnot and kind of how he's handling it. Here's, uh, here's his answer. And you finish your second season in the NFL, uh, certainly Aaron Rodgers to the Jets talk. How have you uh, handled kind of everything that's going on with you and, and the team this offseason? Yeah, just being present, loving life, enjoying family. Uh, enjoying the guys and just understanding I got to play football for a living and there's nothing better than that so uh, just absorbing every day and just and just giving everything I got and he certainly will I I think ultimately in in this regard had Zach played a full normal season without COVID and numbers would have been down a little bit playing like 5p5 still would have been good what if he had gone in the first or second round to non-Jets I just think his his uh, then he's in an Aaron trajectory would have been better. He would have been in a better situation. I, I'm just bummed for him because he certainly got an opportunity to show what he got, but it might have just been too early. I think COVID got him drafted way earlier than he would have been normally, which is awesome for his signing bonus. Don't get me wrong. like His pockets are full, which is great. Not a huge issue, but that's awesome. But now it's like, oh, shoot. I just think he's going to have to go to another team to really actually get a chance to be an NFL quarterback now. Because behind Aaron Rodgers, he's certainly the backup. If Aaron gets hurt, Zach's going to get a chance again, but then it's absolutely it if it doesn't work out with the Jets. I hope that it, that's not the case. I, know, I, I, I hope, hope that I he hope gets he another shot with yeah. the Jets. I really do. And I believe that if he's going to get another shot with the Jets, this is the best thing that could have ever happened to him. I hope he signs with someone else when he has the chance, that he learns whatever he needs to learn, and that he goes to a more capable situation later. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, determined. I don't, I've never wanted him with the Jets from the start. I, well, I, I know. It, <laughs> clearly. It's been, and, and clearly. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. It has not worked out in any way. Okay, topic two. Does the Zach Wilson situation influence what we want for Jaron Hall in the NFL draft? Yes. Uh, if you've listened to anything that we've just talked about, specifically I've just talked about, it's okay to go into the league and be slowly implemented into the speed of the game, the preparation for the game, all the little nuances that go into it. And hopefully Jaron Hall is learning from a solid quarterback like Zach Wilson is now going to do with Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be tough to get behind a Hall of Famer because there are only a few of those in the league right now. But if Jaron Hall can get behind a guy in Minnesota – or maybe in, uh, I mean, New England. There, there, there should be some veteran guys there. We'll see what happens. In like the a Austin. veteran starter. Yeah, just a veteran. Just a veteran. It doesn't. If it's Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, great. I think that would be an ideal situation for Jaron. Like Rams behind Stafford would be good. Awesome. That's the same, same, Seahawks same deal. Behind Geno, I, well, I would love. Great. Yeah. Any of those guys, like a veteran starter where Jaron can just learn and grow. Where it's only like a year or two. Take his time. 
Yes. Right? Before he finally like gets thrust into the spotlight, but he feels ready. He's like, okay, I've been I've been behind the starter for two or three full seasons. Like, I'm I'm ready now. I'm ready. Jordan Love is that guy in Green Bay. Like, I want Jaron Hall to have the Jordan Love path where he goes and learns behind somebody great. And then it's like, have his hey, here you go. We have no clue if Jordan Love's ready. You know what I mean? Like, he'll, he'll play, and then we'll just see. Ultimately, that's what it boils down to. One thing against Jaron Hall is his age. Uh, he's 25. He is older. Um, his window for sort of being in the NFL is a little smaller. So hopefully Jaron can get kind of some good experience as a backup. Um, and then when his time is called, he's got to be ready. His window is a little shorter than Zach's in this regard. And then the other thing is this. These are completely different situations. They don't equate to me in any way, shape, or form. Jaron Hall is not going to be asked to do anything that Zach Wilson was asked. Jaron Hall is expected to be a backup, maybe even the third string on a team. Just depends who likes him and what they want him for and what's, what's the situation. Do they have their starter with the veteran that he'll compete with as backup? Like, Jaron has the luxury of doing what we wanted for Zach. Granted, okay. Zach probably would have gone late first or in the second, but we're hoping Jaron goes third and is a backup behind a veteran somewhere. Um, so, not super um, similar in my mind, but we're excited for Jaron to get what Zach didn't, which is time. Time to figure this out, because being an NFL quarterback is hard no matter how good you were in college. Yeah, the age thing is certainly interesting. I mean, it, literally in one season, the average starting quarterback in the NFL went from 28 and a half years old to 25 and a half. So a three-year difference, meaning like the torch was passed to guys like Zach Wilson. Yes, and to a once you become the starter, it so takes it, time. It, kinda, it was a weird shift in one season where like a, the average age of a starting quarterback went down three years. So if Jaron's a starting quarterback at 28 and a half, which is what I think it will build up to again as these young guys like finally just keep going and, and last in the league a little bit longer, it's fine. If he's a starting quarterback by the time he's 28 or 29, ideal. And honestly, I don't even need Jaron to be a starter. I just want him to be in the NFL. Like, BYU needs dudes in the NFL. It's okay if you're not the starting guy. Like, with Jimmer Fredette, we were like, all or nothing! It's like, well, what if Jimmer was just a backup on a team still in the league? Like, we'd be happier than we are now, would we not? Yeah, well, for sure. For sure. I'd be like, you lasted. Like, you you're in the league. Yes. I want Jaron Hall in the NFL for six seasons. You can plug, you know and, I mean? plug and play yeah. any former BYU guy. Yeah. Throw in the name. We want that for that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want, like... I don't need a Hall of Fame career or first team, you know, whatever. Just be in the NFL, Doug. All right. Our question of the day. How does the Aaron Rodgers trade affect the future of Zach Wilson in the NFL? Sean Nielsen on Twitter says, a great chance to learn with a mountain of pressure. Without. Without, sorry. Thank you. Uh, without a mountain of pressure. And if he does leave sooner or later, he hopefully yeah. goes somewhere where it's not all on him. Yes. He can do something Ryan Tannehill-esque. And flourish in a new place. I, I would, uh, again, to the Niners, like, they don't make Brock Purdy win every game. They have a good run game, a really good defense, solid special teams. Like, that's, You're explaining the New York Jets, Jeremy. I'm also explaining Utah football <laughs> for, to, to a great degree I, until they started relying on the quarterback. I, I wanted to be with the Jets because of all the things you said. Great defense, great running back, talented playmakers. Hopefully Brees Hall gets healthy soon, right, towards ACL. He had the most rookie yards from scrimmage, uh, yards from scrimmage among rookies in the NFL weeks one through seven last year. Like, things were going well there. Yeah. Unfortunately, Zach and, and the boys were turning it over a little too much. So, yes, hopefully this turns out well. Continue to weigh in on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Tune in tonight as BYU Softball hosts in-state rival Utah State, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV app. It's a rescheduled game for March 23rd, first and only this season against the Aggies.
Up next, she's the head coach, and she's coaching her daughter, hey. Amber and Amari Whiting of BYU Women's Basketball in Studio B. Have we ever had a mother-daughter combo like this before? I don't think in so. In studio? In, I don't think so. No, this no, is BYU first. Sports Nation. Let's go. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. Studio B, this is your day-to-day -day BYU Sports play-by-play. -play. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. It is our pleasure to welcome in a dynamic duo of sorts with familial ties. The head coach of BYU Women's Basketball, Amber Whiting, and her daughter, recent signee, Amari Whiting. Welcome to both of you. What's going on? Thank you. Thanks for having us. I said this before the break. I don't think that we've ever had a mother-daughter combo in studio together as guests. Certainly not the head coach of the team that uh, is leading her daughter that, that, and she plays for that team. Like this, this is a unique scenario. So how, how is this for you? Mario, start with you. What, what's it like to play for your mom again, but this time at the Division I level? Um, I don't know. I play for my mom for as long as I can remember. So I guess nothing really changes, just a higher level of competition. But. First of all, we don't call, she doesn't call me mom. Yeah. <laughs> we call her coach? coach? No, yeah. we, it's coach or coach Amber, or she made that mistake her freshman year in high school. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't like it. she ran the track the rest of practice. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it weird when you're not coached by your mom? Um, like the, I don't like know. This. I guess a little bit, but my dad coached me uh, this past summer for AU and I guess it was a little was, refreshing. I, <laughs> there was one game that... Uh, <laughs> Trent, Trent loves offense, I'll say that. And you love defense. Yeah, and oh, there right. was a run, and Trent called timeout, and they came to the bench or something, and Mari, she said she came out after, and she's like, well, that was different. Like, he didn't talk about defense, he didn't talk about, and I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> fuming on the sideline, like, this is unbelievable right now, because my girls, I was coaching that team before he took over. Gotcha. And so, so you thought you would establish a certain strategic... Mm. Uh, property here and Trent's like no 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 we're yeah. gonna push it all of stuff. us were really like uh, <laughs> the first tournament was a little bit rough and then after we kind of got used to them but I remember all of us were in the hotel room like just chatting and we we're like so weird like it's way different than what Amber is so okay okay so you had committed to Oregon um when your mom gets the job sorry when Amber gets the job <laughs> how quickly in your your mind was it like oh Obviously, I got to go play for my mom. Or was it a hard decision? Um, it was actually a really hard decision. I'm a pretty loyal person, and I had like fallen in love with Oregon, fallen in love with Kelly, and I was set, and that was where my home was. Um, and then when she got the job, I kind of knew. I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to <laughs> make a decision. But um, I don't know. I just kind of looked back of all of, like – um, our memories together and I just was like I I I even like pictured all the girls playing for her and I was like it kind of made me jealous and I was like okay mm. I know I gotta play from her we like Kelly too we got to know him when he was at Gonzaga sure. before he went sure. to Oregon so he's a good dude went to yeah. Rick's like he goes way back yeah uh coach mm -hmm. Amber yeah clearly Amari <laughs> is a huge part of your recruiting class and during the break we were just talking about the successes that you've had you put together a very exciting roster 
albeit there have been some unique challenges that have recently arisen, uh, specifically with Lauren Gustin entering the transfer portal. So how have you handled that news and how has it impacted what you're going to do moving forward? Um, Lauren's, I mean, she's a grad transfer, right? So she gets the opportunity to go and look at what's out there. Um, granted, that was hard for me to hear from her. Like we, we talked on the phone, um, quite a bit that day and it's, it's hard because of what she means to me. And so I just hope she does go explore, goes looks, and I hope that she remembers what we're building here and she remembers the relationships that we have and she remembers how much she means to us here and that that in and of itself will hopefully keep her um, because I really want her back and I want her with us. Um, I can't imagine her with not, I mean, she was the one that was so excited to get in the Big 12 and to do this. Yeah. And so I'm really hoping that she has those feelings and remembers that and comes back. So you're saying there's a chance she could return. It's not a done deal that she is leaving. Yes. Mm. I, I mean, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> is this a challenge as a coach in this? So you, you've entered D1 in an interesting time, NIL and Transport and whatnot. You have to re-recruit your players every year. There's no like, yep, I can assume you will be here the whole time. Yeah, no, NIL has changed college landscape for sure um, and changed how, but my job and I'm hoping that uh, I get my players to understand that is, yes, I'm going to develop you and yes, you're going to have a great experience here, but like Amari said, I, I mean, I hope they want to play here. They want to play for us and BYU will never change the way that we operate as far as how special it is here. There are certain things that set us apart, so I hope that players, once they get on campus, that's my goal is to get them on campus. So when they come as recruits, you can feel this mm -hmm. is home. You can sure. feel how special this place is. Yeah. So that's where I go in my head. And I know that, I mean, there's some of the best players in the nation that have left their teams. Um, Haley Van Lith, Pow Pow, like, I mean, everybody, right? And so I'm hoping that with all of this change that girls start to, or players start to stay, um, realize how important it is to stay loyal, realize how important it is to build something where they're at, so the, the generations coming up, they see that too, right? But somewhere along the line, I think the NCAA has to pull back the reins of this a little bit because it's changing. Sure, sure. All, all the... how, how would you like them to pull back the reins? Ew, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, but it's too chaotic. <laughs> it really is because okay. you, I mean, they're throwing out like crazy amounts of money to players, right? And so if you're a player, like, I mean, the guys have missed out on a player just now, right, because of NIL stuff. It's not, it's not okay to be able to compete. And I just look at, we went recruiting this last weekend, and I'm kind of like looking around at these players like, is this legit? Like, am I going to sit here and be able to recruit you the same that I did a year ago or two years ago or three yeah. years ago? Yeah, no, right? Yeah. yeah, interesting. Amber and Amari Whiting are with us for BYU Women's Basketball and BYU Sports Nation. Amari, what's this like for you as an athlete to navigate this interesting scenario. You're a transfer yourself. You end up at BYU. Uh, Jenna Sai comes as well, and, and you know her. So how do you feel about navigating all this and the core that you do have at BYU right now? Um, I think it's very tricky for a lot of student athletes. I think, like, yeah, with this NIL money, um, it's, it's kind of hard to be able to, you know, like rule out the schools. I mean, for me and my decision, it was kind of easy. Um, to narrow out what schools I wanted to go to and what schools I didn't because there's always like um, a way you can tell, you know, but with money, I feel like it's kind of different and it gives you like something else to consider. Um, but for me, I, me personally, I just kind of put that all aside. I didn't really care um, about the money. I just looked about 
like, would I be able to fit this program, um, the coach? Like, would I be able to, you know, be able to bond with them and, like, call the girls my family? So, I mean, especially with Jenna, like, we've been best friends for so long. Like, for yeah. her to come here, I feel like it's it's like a family decision. It's like a feeling that you get, so. And shout out to Jenna, who uh, last week mentioned, uh, you know, a personal issue she's going through was really uh, open and vulnerable about that, which is, which is uh, tough to do. Um, talk to us about kind of this group. We just showed the, the signing class that you put together, and we have said it multiple times. We are so excited about this group, basically versus every other team on campus. We think you've done the best job so far, right? What, it, what has it taken to put that group uh, together that is really the core of your first recruiting class into the Big 12? Um, I've said it before, last time I was on here, I feel like this group I'll hold way more accountable, right, because they are my first class. But a common thread with all of these players is that they work hard. Their basketball is first and only. Like, they're the ballers that you want, right? This is going to come. They're going to live in the gym. They're going to do those. So I'm really excited to see what they do. I'm really excited to see how they bond together because they each are different players. Like, they each complement each other. Like, Kaylee's a crazy shooter, right? Amari can get in the paint, drive and kick. Jenna's a playmaker. Like, and then I got bigs that can do what they do on the block and follow up, you know, trail threes and whatnot. And so they all complement each other, and we were very strategic in putting them together. Um, Jenna was an outlier because she came in half year and, or mid-year. And so, but she always, I mean, they've played together, so they kind of know each other already, and so they already complement each other. So I was, I was excited about that. Um, and they're all defensive kids. Like, they love the girls. Until Trent <laughs> talks to them. No, Just I keep your husband away from them. I know, I know. Until Lee no, talks to them. No, but I love that they, like, when I ask a recruit, you know, what's your favorite part of your game? And they always get excited about defense. You can hear it in their voice. That's the type of players I want, mm. so. All right, fair so enough. Spencer would have been a good player for that was, you. That was my game, Amber. Yeah. That, that Amber, was, you would have not recruited <laughs> that, that, was, that was That was Three is and no D. <laughs> Let's go. Stop. No, you got no, no. three all, D. Is all, that's defense, it. <laughs> all defense and a lot of three-pointers for sure. Amber and Amari Whiting are with us on BYU Sports Station. Uh, Amari, how do you feel about the chemistry of the team right now? How would you explain the team dynamic and, and how all of the women are getting along at this stage? Um, I would say we're getting along pretty well. I mean, obviously we have – a bunch of new girls coming in but um, all these girls coming in are just very outgoing and energetic and I don't know I feel like that the girls that are here right now are, would be very welcoming and very open um, I know that when I came in I was a little nervous at first because like yeah I've been around the girls all the time but I wasn't like um, in their day-to-day -day stuff and they were awesome with me especially with my ACL process like just hyping yeah. me up and you know cheering me on as I was going through it so I'm not too worried. I think our team chemistry will get there, but I don't know. We might have to go on a couple team retreats. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always welcome. Absolutely. Speaking of your rehab and your ACL injury, uh, where are you in terms of getting back to 100%? Um, I'm about three months out, so I just started running and doing some like layups and stuff, and I should be able to start cutting here soon, but... Um, yeah, I'm almost there. So. But a little bit longer until you can play defense, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the trainer today, can we start defensive slides? Like, that's part, a huge part of her game. And so I'm eager to get that part back and established. And you're in the weight room, as we can tell, which is awesome. I um, looked way more than that. She, <laughs> she, okay, she will, like, play around like that, but she Quiet. definitely does not <laughs> live like that. 
<laughs> She's more of a cardio girl. No, I would. <laughs> I would. We're going to need video evidence since we just saw <laughs> How much roster uh, sort of makeup is, is finalized versus what you still need to do because the Big 12 rules are a little different in football and men and women's basketball where you have a commitment the entire time to that player. Mm -hmm. They're at BYU. So you have to make sure, hey, we're committed to you for this whole time as opposed to what it used to be, which is kind of year to year. Uh, we're finalizing as a staff a couple last little, tying up a couple of last little spots. Um, but, yeah, other than that, we're pretty set waiting to hear for Lauren. But other than that, yeah. Okay, so waiting, waiting to hear Lauren, but not, like, super active in the transfer portal as currently constituted. Like, it's quiet um, a day. I have a visit set up tomorrow. Okay. So <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I have a call today. Like, no, I, you, can't, you, can't stop, you can't stop recruiting. And I've learned through this process that, like, I'm a loyal person, so I go all in, right? Um, that person might choose somebody else, so I need to go all in, but then have others in the mix, too. You go all and in you, on several. Yeah, and you yeah. have to. You have to create those relationships. Sure. And so that's what I'm learning very quickly. Well, and, and, yeah, what, we, what we've seen over the years is, like, even if a player says no to you once or even twice... The door they could come potentially back. still well, open yeah, again. Yeah. Yes. So in the portal, yes. like there was a girl that we just went after, um, but she actually went and chose the school that was her second choice, right? When she got down to the end, and I'm sitting there watching this kind of unfold, and I can't blame her, but also I'm learning the relationships; those are important, and so mm -hmm. they'll always come back. Like if it doesn't work here, it might work here, and so yeah, I gotta. Clanston Take has been great about this, where he still loves them if they don't pick him initially, but sometimes they come back around, right? So you got to be uh, ready for that. All right. We're all about establishing good vibes and good karma on this show. Amber, you've okay. been the recipient of the karma, your team. You've won yeah. some big games. We're going to give both of you some BYU Sports yes. Nation karma. Amari, <laughs> specifically so that you can heal ACL, up. Good luck. Get going. <laughs> okay. Also, so you won't call your coach mom again. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Do we know when the league's going to announce the schedule, by the way? Hopefully soon, because okay. I heard uh, some people talking about the guys this is supposed to come, like, within the next couple of I don't know, days, weeks, I don't know. Okay, so little, little nugget, hopefully. thank you. You've got a standing invitation when the schedule does come you out to come, come back, on the show and discuss it. We, we have it uh, Big 12 meetings in two weeks in Kansas, so I'm headed there to go take care of that. Let's go. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, you're really super busy, aren't you? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> There's no off-season. Yeah. That's why you need the karma. <laughs> I'll come hide here every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> Good luck. Always welcome to both of yes. you. Amari, great you. to have you in the studio as well. Okay, baseball team in the hunt for a top six WCC finish. Portland tied for second right now, and uh, BYU tied for sixth. Thursday night, 8 Eastern on the BYU TV and BYU Radio Apps. Big series for BYU against Portland. Up next in the whip, which former BYU athlete has embraced the role of villain the best? Are we really going off of Dylan Brooks here? Apparently. This when is BYU Sports It's late April. we got to come up BYU with BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Brand presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Would the Jets winning this year be a good or bad thing for Zach Wilson? It's a great thing. It's a great thing. It means things are going well. It means Aaron Rodgers is playing well. It means Zach Wilson is learning how to be a quarterback in a winning culture. It's all good. Yes, winning. And he's not going to play longer than two, maybe three years. Like, Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger. Like, win now, establish that winning culture, and maybe, maybe Zach can slide in there and keep things going, the momentum rolling. Yeah, I feel you. Um, 
winning suddenly with Aaron sort of juxtaposes how it didn't happen with Zach, which is tough. And again, perhaps he learns lessons and then can just go to another team that will make him the backup and then perhaps he gets the shot. All right, let's keep it rolling. John Williams, incredible composer. The other oh. John Williams, oh. Big 12 Vice President of Men's Basketball, you missed it earlier, said yesterday the Big 12 is looking into hosting a preseason showcase at the beginning of November to allow Big 12 teams that only play each other once to play. These games wouldn't count towards the Big 12 standings and would replace the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Jerem, are you a fan of this idea? I hate it yeah. because I don't want more tough games on the schedule for BYU. They'll have plenty. They'll have 18 in league. That's enough. They'll have a couple tough ones in non-conference. I don't like it whatsoever. Because if this is the case, I don't see how BYU would make the NCAA tournament. Let, It'd just be too hard. BYU doesn't need more Big 12 games. No. No, no. Keep the Big 12 SEC challenge. We're good. It's fun. Something different. Honestly, yeah. if BYU doesn't play in that, I'm okay with that. Well, it depends on who you get. Well, that and is it one game? Is it? Yeah. Again, for BYU to make the NCAA tournament, the way is... 10-3 non-con, 7-11 in league, and then hope that you win a game in Kansas City. Seven Big 12 wins would be tremendous! Like, do you need to go 11-2, 6-12? Like, you need to have like 19 wins going into selection of the selection. Just have a shot. To be a 10 seed? To be a whatever seed, <laughs> who cares? BYU Athletics announces renovations and expansion of the football offices and the Built for Life Center in the Student Athlete Building. This is a good start in the upgrading of facilities in the Big 12 era. Uh, yeah, it's a great start. It's a start. We begin by beginning. So just do something and they are, and I'm happy for them. I'm still waiting for that lying beast over at Provo High School. Yeah, what are we doing with that? To become something. It feels like it could be something huge. Make it a football. IPF. Make it second only. IPF. Uh, or, yeah. or move, or get football the one right next to their facilities and get another one for everybody else. You know what football doesn't need? Golf class and intramurals in its facility. Basketball can go whenever they want to the annex. Football cannot. Second indoor facility would be awesome. Yeah. The SEC is contemplating increasing penalties for schools who allow fan bases to rush the field. What is this? Instead of fines, I can't believe this, a proposal would have a team giving up the next home game in the series, thus playing three straight games at the opponent's home field if the fan base storms the field. Is this crazy or some type of genius no, by the SEC? It's crazy. I, I know it's a, a concern. You don't want people to get hurt. Do we have enough of those situations to merit this though? Like. Um, what what is what is you know too much in this regard? What if like a hundred people do it but no one else does? Like, did yeah. you rush the field? Yeah, like, I think I have I a lot of questions. I don't about think this. this is gonna happen. I think this is just kind of uh, like a Trying stringent idea. Off, yes, you know. scare people away. Yeah. Hey, BYU beat Oklahoma State and rushed the field. Congratulations! Now you got to play three in a row in Stillwater. What? In Provo, in this case, because we're at Oklahoma that, State. That year, would be like, crazy. Yeah. Listen, uh, Big Twelve hasn't done it yet. Storm the field if BYU beats uh, Oklahoma. Okay. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. Memphis Grizzlies. Dylan Brooks has embraced the uh, villain role until recently blaming the media for it. <laughs> Not a huge fan of Brother Brooks. Uh, who is the BYU Cougar best embrace the villain role to opposing families? This is tough because one immediately came to mind, but it's primarily with one fan base, albeit it is the rival <laughs> fan base. Yeah. And it's Max Hall with Utah. He wasn't he was, looking to be a rival in that moment, or a villain, I don't think. No, or he was wasn't, he? but he became the villain, yeah. and it lasted 
More than a decade. Eh, it's probably to this day. I was in the room. It was it was wild. Uh, in the room where it happened, Eric Mika also, I feel like, embraces with St. Mary specifically. Choke sign, uh, you know, slash in the throat, uh, you know, uh, and then the mouthpiece frustration. He made some uh, Gonzaga fans I, upset too. I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, right there. I think he, he told us, by the way, on the show a couple months ago, there were some fans just giving it to him all game. So he looked exactly right to those fans, <laughs> which I, I think that's fun. You can't just give. Uh, it can't just uh, give and never get. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, if you're going to give, you got to get it a little bit sometimes too. It's okay. To me, that that is the ultimate. Is like, <laughs> fans are just giving it to you all game long. Like, you're so good, you win the game. And then you just kind of turn and look at the it. The best would have been, he just turns. Wave. Smile. Hey, guys. Just, just no emotion. Like, have a great yeah, night. Did that. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> yeah. It stings as a fan double bad because you've been going at it. And then they beat you and it's like, ugh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I and then in the fall, you don't even have football. <laughs> Up next, it's NFL Draft Week. And for Top 5 Tuesday, we are looking yeah. at the top five highest BYU NFL draft picks. How many quarterbacks make the list? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live in Studio B. It is Top 5 Tuesday, and during NFL Draft Week, we are focusing on literally the top five literally. highest BYU NFL draft picks. Starting with Jerem. Number five, John Tate. Hey, I've always loved John Tate. My middle name's Tate. Same spelling. 14th pick in 99 by the uh, Chiefs. One of 11 first-round picks all time from BYU. Played for Kansas City for five years. Signed a six-year, $34 million deal with the Dub Bears later. Started 139 games in his career. Wow. Starting left tackle in Super Bowl 41 for Dub Bears. At number four, Sean Knight. Defensive end. Look at that photo! 11th overall pick oh in 1987. Gosh. Playing in Snowmageddon in that picture. That was definitely not in New Orleans. Member of the 1984 <laughs> BYU National Championship team, 16 sacks his senior year, played for three teams over three seasons in the NFL. So didn't exactly work out in the NFL for Sean. Yeah, three years, but he was an absolute stud at BYU, which got him the 11th overall pick. Perhaps the best defensive lineman ever to play at BYU. Jason Buck's probably that guy. We should have that conversation sometime. Number three, Jim McMahon, 1982, fifth pick at the time. Highest pick in BYU's NFL history, NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. A couple years later, starting quarterback who hands off to uh, Walter Payton and the Fridge uh, in the Super Bowl win by Dub Bears, greatest defense ever. Retired after 15 seasons in the NFL, and to me, the greatest quarterback that's ever played at BYU. This is probably the best overall draft pick in the history of BYU football. In what way? Just where he went, how his career developed, it was a high draft pick. It was number five overall. Yes. Like it just feels like if, the best. If Steve was taken by the Niners originally, then now yes, he would be the he best. Was not. He was taken no. by the Express and then supplemental to the Buccaneers. Then the Niners. Yeah. So in, an interesting conversation. Mm. Number two, Ziggy Ansah, also the number five overall pick. Isn't it crazy that Ziggy and Jim McMahon were the same number in the yes, draft? Yes, it That's is amazing. Crazy. Given where Ziggy started from and how little he played, relatively speaking, from Ghana, it's the fifth pick. Wild. 
For the Detroit Lions back in 2013, 13 tackles for loss, four and a half sacks in his final year at BYU. You was can't run, Chucky. The outstanding defensive player at the Senior Bowl, all-rookie defensive team, led all rookies with eight sacks, selected to a Pro Bowl. Many people forget this. He was selected to a Pro, Pro Bowl. Bowl in 2015. He, yeah. After led. having 14 and a half sacks, he had over 50 sacks for his career. He led the NFL in sacks one year. I used to play basketball in the Richards building with Ziggy before he was on the football team. Then he's the fifth pick in the draft later. Crazy. And the number one and highest picked player in BYU history in the NFL draft, Zach Wilson, number two in 2021, threw for 3,600 yards, 33 touchdowns, three picks. His final year in 2020 at BYU, broke the single season pass efficiency record, 196.4. Amazing. Currently, of course, in his third season with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is there now. If Zach had just mailed it in just a little bit more, could have gone to the Niners, and his life would be a little different right now. That throw on pro day was too good. Niners had traded up to three. They wanted Zach. <sighs> Love you, Zach. Hey, it, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Learn from the GOAT. We'll see what happens. From Tom Brady? Sorry, the active GOAT. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. The active GOAT in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> used to be Joe Montana. Someone was asking me the other day. I was like, who was it before Tom Brady? I was like, it was considered to be Joe Montana before Tom Brady. Some people are saying, well, maybe the active goat is Patrick Mahomes now. And I'm like, there's an argument there. there it's, he's because he's won two Super Bowls now. Like, yeah, there is an argument there. There's, he's but right there with Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady, right? yeah. Yeah. What's Tom's? Yeah. Who knows what Tom's doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> last year this time, we thought he was done. He's happy he was, and he's living a good life. I can guarantee you that. Uh, yeah, we're not. <laughs> Gauging happiness levels. <laughs> okay, if you missed any interview shows, Deep Blues or Games, you can find them on BYUSN.com or download the BYU TV app. Up next, a special birthday rise and shout out to a member of our team that's near and dear to our hearts. But we're going to do it in a very unique way. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review. USA Basketball 3-on-3 just tweeted a new squad rep in the Stars and Stripes on the FIBA 3-on-3 World Tour. Is it Jimmer? On the team. Let's go, Jimmer. There you go. Let's go. I hope he's competing for a gold medal in Paris. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. That would be incredible. That'd be cool. Our question of the day, how does the Aaron Rodgers trade from the Green Bay Packers to the New York Jets affect the future of Zach Wilson in the NFL? Mm. Brian Buss on Twitter says, depends on Rodgers' health and how many more years he wants to play. If Rodgers stays healthy for three or more years and wants to play, then Zach is mop-up guy and likely traded in two years. Don't see the Jets elevating Wilson unless they are forced to due to injury or Rodgers retires next year. What's Zach's situation again? He's got at least one more year they can flex into the second. I doubt they would. What's the situation? I believe it's a four-year deal. So he has, he's up after this year? He's a free agent? Well, no, he's played two years, so he's got two years left on his Oh, contract, yeah, he's going right? into third. He has yeah. two more years. They're not going to flex into that fifth, I don't think. So, okay, two more years with the Jets. Yeah. Unless yeah. they trade. Okay. At the underscore It's underscore, been a long two years. Felt like three. Schmidt on Instagram. It's the, best, like it's the best girl? thing possible. Either he learns from Rodgers or the Jets ship him to another team. Can't get a worse team than the Jets, developmentally speaking. So either way is a win. <laughs> now, now here's the key. Like, I, I feel like he can develop under Aaron Rodgers. And with Nathaniel Hackett as his offensive coordinator. Like, th- there are opportunities there. 
We hope he develops. You don't develop a ton without playing, though. You know, you got to play. Uh, Aaron Rodgers seemed to be just fine learning behind Brett Favre for three-plus years, right? Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, Spence. I'm not arguing that. Zach's not on that path quite yet. Okay, I'm not arguing. But a lot of guys have benefited by being behind a better experienced quarterback and sure. then getting their opportunity. Yes. Okay. Hopefully with another team. Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX, Healthcare Elevated from Frank Smith on Facebook. Can't hurt. Easier to sit behind a legend than be third string to some lesser players. Sit, be humble, learn, and then take advantage of your next opportunity because you might only get one more shot either with the Jets or another team. I think he has one more shot, yeah. Okay. Like, like he's got to prove something here in the next, you know, couple of years to get a shot. Jets, he, he doesn't have trade value. They're not going to trade him. He's it's it's too expensive. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. A very, very genuine happy birthday to our longtime friend and colleague, BYU TV Sports, Dave McCann. Now, to celebrate, we wanted to do something that he absolutely loves. Flyovers. Which flyovers. Loves fly- No one loves flyovers more than So Dave. we looked into the budget for F-16s and thought maybe we could have F-16s fly over the building Hill today. Air Force Base, come by. That quickly got shot down when we realized we didn't have much of a budget for that. So we have improvised. This is our own version of a flyover for you, Dave. There you go, Dave. It's paper airplane day. (laughs) (laughs) The budget's really big here. (laughs) Yep. Happy birthday. And flashback to, I think this is, is this 91? Okay, this is my first BYU football game, by the way. It's BYU at UCLA. Here's Dave talking about the grass. A young Spry Dave McCann, oh, yeah. still motivated and oh, excited yeah. about life, giving us the, the lowdown on the Rose Bowl turf. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we joke, tongue-in-cheek there, but like the dude is absolutely still super excited about BYU sports. Oh, still, this still, very still day. crushing it. Yeah, oh, we gosh. grew up watching Dave. Now we get to hang out with Dave. Yeah. So it's, it's really fun. Happy birthday, Dave. Yeah. Happy birthday, Love man. you, brother. 42 years old. I can't believe it. Amazing. That's, that's you look great. amazing. It's crazy. All right, thanks to today's guest, Amber don't call me Mom Whiting and her daughter Amari. Sorry, Dennis. I'm not going to call you Mom either. We ran out of time. <laughs> For Jeremiah Spencer, let's give an additional shout out to Brad Oates, a 1975 NFL oh, draft pick. We'll oh, see you God. tonight for BYU softball against oh, Utah State at 8 Eastern. Go Cougs. That throw took him to the gym.